Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. Big thanks to our good friends and title sponsor at Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. That's 0% on everything from groceries to getaways for details Visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon Monson, how are you this fine day? I am doing well, Jake. And you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Not as well as you. You got uh, nine in today and said you played pretty well. Yeah, it was fun. So my wife is really into golf. Which is good. Yeah. Uh, Which is good. I wouldn't play nearly as much as she didn't... uh, prompt me to get out there but uh, i'm glad we well always... then you should thank her each and every day yeah we always have fun so uh, it's yeah it's terrific but you were what uh sticking the short game hitting the hitting bombs what i was were driving you it well and and i don't know it's funny when you drive it well tend to your other shots tend to fall in line no that doesn't happen for me really no i, I was playing well today i i played on saturday as well and played kind of okay and the time before that was not particularly memorable so it's just funny. It's always an adventure, isn't it? Uh, correct. It is always an adventure. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we can see uh, why you're in a good mood. That's a good thing. You should be in a good mood. It's uh, always a good day. You didn't get rained on? Yeah, I did. A little sprinkled here and there, but it wasn't like a downpour or anything. So it was good. All right. I enjoyed it. So we hope all our listeners are having a good day as well. Turned into a beautiful day. Look at it out there, Jake. Uh, yeah, I like the cloud cover, man. I, I liked a little now, rain now today. Got blue skies with some uh, clouds floating by, so that's good. And good news for the Utes. They move up in the polls, at least in the AP Top 25. They're up to number 13, so that's good for them. Did you say they dropped in the coaches? Well, they're at 15 in the coaches, uh, but I, I was having trouble remembering what they were week one. I'll have to okay. uh, go back and, and look at that, but not getting the respect from the coaches. I'm telling you, Utah is good. Uh, the Utes are good. There's no other way to say it, man. I've been watching football for a long time, and many of our listeners have as well. That is a good team. Now, whether they live up to their potential, that's isn't that the isn't that the trick? That is the trick. Yes. Team USA almost loses to Turkey. That's probably not good. What is that? Don't give uh, Erdogan that satisfaction. <laughs> no kidding. Joe Ingles almost got a triple-double in the uh, World Cup. Which would have been the first one ever, which was a surprise to me. Heard Hans and Scotty talking about that today. 
Donovan Mitchell did not play well in that game. Not play particularly well. Is anybody concerned about that? We can get into that a little bit. We can, uh, we'll touch on that throughout the show. We'll, we'll talk about the game. He did have a big rebound uh, that uh, helped keep, keep them in it and push it to overtime. But overall, uh, Donovan did not play particularly well. They didn't Hit handle the threes. zone very well yeah. as a team. Yeah. Yeah. you got to shoot if you're going to beat the zone. got to have people make shots. So we can uh, we can certainly get into that. And nobody said it was going to be all positive for Donovan, and he didn't have a terrifically good game. But I still think this is overall a, a, a good thing for him. A learning experience. Yeah, a good thing for him to uh, to go through. And plus it seems like as uh, players on that team are dropping like flies with injuries, you got to be happy he's healthy, right? Let me ask you a question. And uh, it's You know, sometimes when we ask questions, people think it's a conclusion, and it's not. It's just a question. Okay. What if Donovan Mitchell's not as good as we think he is? Bite your tongue, Gordon. You trying to be unpopular today? No, it's, uh, I'm not. I'm not answering the question because I'm the one that was predicting he's going to have a monster year. Twenty-eight points a game. In fact, we have a, a bet that if he doesn't get to twenty-eight, you've no. got to record incriminating no, audio. That's not what it was, Austin. That's what I'm remembering. Am I? No, you're misremembering. Totally. No, it was like twenty-four. It was not 24. He averaged 24 almost last year. What was it then? We don't even remember our own bet. It was 26. It was? I think so, yeah. It was 25. (laughs) You're getting less confident by the moment. What's going on? Don't get shaken over there. It's all right. He just didn't have a good game. What was he, 3 of 12 from the floor? Yeah. It's all right. Would you other... expect Donovan Mitchell to mop the mop the floor with Turkey? Maybe if he were on a one man team, <laughs> but you got other teammates you got to get involved. There are other people capable yeah, of getting but it done. He wasn't doing much. No, missing uh, going three of twelve. That that is not terrific. And he does have to become a more efficient player. And we can get into this as the show goes along. We have uh, a lot of college football on tap for you as well. In fact, maybe we will run some of this basketball Donovan stuff by Bowler, who's going to be in studio in the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, that's good. Always look forward to that. And then J.B. Long is going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. He's, he does play-by-play for the Pac-12 Network. Also uh, does play-by-play for the L.A. Rams. So we can ask him about the Pac-12, of course, but can even run some Rams stuff by him. And there are more trucks parked outside this arena right now than I think I've ever seen. Well, Sir Elton's in town. He's going to be performing here tomorrow night. I went out and looked at the stage they're building. Ooh, you can get in trouble for that. Go to, see go to arena jail. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they get, they're really testing about that sort of thing. Is there a jail thing. here at the arena they can oh. throw you in? You know, they had that at the old Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Didn't you get uh, detained or something, Austin? I did for- why, why, why do you just assume I got detained? I don't know. It seems like something that would happen to you. No, you- my doppelganger, John Beatty, did. Oh, that's right. No, that's you right. have sort of a guilty look to you. You know? well, that's, yeah, that's not very nice. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't mean it. <laughs> Let's see, how can I spin that into a compliment? Seriously. You mean like all the time or right now? No, no Arson looks kind of like a tough guy. Wouldn't you say that? Okay. With a good heart? Which which doesn't <laughs> have anything to do with the guilty thing you were talking about. <laughs> maybe I'm God, just, I hope you're never on a jury. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm just thinking that uh, Austin has bad luck. He does uh, often have bad luck. But, yeah, John Beatty was the one who got uh, detained. What what concert was it? He peeked in on the Muse. Was it the Muse? And, and they, they, they came from the, the shadows and whisked John? them off. What's that? Who's John? Yeah, you wouldn't know, would you? 
guy who did some uh, producing for us for okay. several years, actually. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Let me close this door for you. Scotty uh, poking <laughs> his head in. Leave that open, will you, Scotty? I'll close it for you. Hey, Scotty, good to see you. You want it to turn into an icebox? Uh, it's not that bad. Scotty and Hans like it. They, they, they do? They dig the, the cold studio. Yeah, yeah, I've talked to him about it before. They're, they're cool with it. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I didn't know you could get in trouble for doing that. All I did was innocently walk by, and I saw some lights, and so I took a peek. Mm-hmm. They'll get you. you really? Be careful, yeah. Look nice. Good. That's terrific. With all those semis out front, I would imagine they, they carry around quite the setup. Yeah. So if you have tickets to Sir Elton, then, then you're lucky. Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour, his final tour. Is this really the last one, That's, or is this the last of the last? Or is that, a, I mean, he, he says this is the final one. The, the movie, Rocket Man, said that this is going to be his final, final tour. So he wants to spend right. time at home with his kids. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I look forward to that. Then. All Are right. You, let's, you going? Uh, I am going. Yeah, where my whole family's going. Very excited. Okay. I've seen this will be my third time seeing Elton, and had an unbelievable time uh, the first two. So. Excited about this. So you're, uh, are you? You can uh, give me a honk for that. That's not going to offend me. I'm fine with that. Are you a big Elton John guy? Oh, big fan. Absolutely a big fan. All right. So you haven't seen him as often as you've seen uh, Jimmy Buffett. Nope. No. Nope. Nor I'm Bob a, Dylan. Nor Three Eleven. Which one have you seen the most? Uh, probably Three Eleven. Hmm. Although I've seen Bob six times, maybe seven, six. And I've seen Three Eleven much more than that. But that's just because there's a group of friends and I who go every time they're in town. Would you go to a football game this weekend here in Utah if your team was playing either Northern Illinois or Stony Brook? Would I go? Yeah. If I had tickets? Sure. It's still football. It's still college football, man. Yeah. Stony Brook? Yeah. Well, Do you even know where Stony Brook is? I don't, but you know you're going to go see a, your Long Island. You're going to go see your team win. You want to see your team win. I know, but <laughs> Don't what, be jaded because what, you go to all these games for free and you've been doing a, it for a, years and all that. What's a victory worth? What what difference does it make? Your your team wins. You watch it an afternoon or evening of college football. And okay, you go but if home it's happy. not an even match, then why why would you be excited about it? I understand that Northern Illinois pushed the huge last year in the Cobb because it's but, your team. Yeah, but your team isn't playing anybody who's, who's capable of really it does not up matter. It's this, your team. This is from a New Mexico Lobos fan. Right. He doesn't know what it if is. If it, it were takes. the Lobos <laughs> playing, you'd be all about it. Well, when they win, let me know. You wouldn't care who their uh, their opponent was. That's that's the point. You're going to see your team play, and there's only so many college football games, and there's even fewer home games. Then you're going to take advantage of going and Go watching Lobos. your team play. Even if it's a crappy opponent? Yes, even if it's a crappy opponent. Really? Correct. Okay. That's what fans do. Plus, they know they're going to see their team win. Yeah, but what's a victory really mean if it's against Stony Brook? I know that you're all about the competition, Gordon. That's the only reason you like sports. But a lot of a, sp- a lot of people out there really like sports because they really like being fans. Wow. They really like being really like being there's fans of their team. The, there's always a chance. I mean, uh, you know, Georgia State was paid nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars to come in and take a butt whooping, and uh, boy, didn't they surprise the Vols. So I guess it is possible. We'll get into all of this throughout the show. Let's uh, quickly though get to the split story of the day and continue talking talking a little college football. Two guys, two topics. <laughs> 
Two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You know the long-running storyline at Utah, throwing the ball and the receivers unable to make plays, and it just seems to go on and on and on and frustrates Ute fans. And then you get two Ute transfers, and C.O.C. Mariner has eight catches for 118 yards. The touchdown catch was a big-time highlight reel play. Love looking at Mariner. Throws to the end zone. It is up. It is caught. Touchdown, Utah State. C.O.C. Mariner, welcome to the Aggies and welcome to the end zone. Caleb Rep had five catches for 59 yards. How does this happen? Receivers who can't make plays or can't get on the field are suddenly in a starring role on the road against a Power 5 opponent. I don't know anything about that part of it. I just, I'm glad they're on our team. Um, and it's fun to see those two kids have some success. You know, they've, they've, they were in, they, and they had success. They had said, it's not like those kids never did anything positive at Utah. They had some very, very good success. And, you know, um, on either side of the ball where, where Caleb was playing, and COC has obviously been uh, a whole bunch of reps at Utah and had some, some uh, exciting moments in his career there. We're just happy that he's in our program now and, uh, you know, had a great game. Gordon, we've had an ongoing conversation over the past year or so uh, about what comes first, the quarterback who can deal or the weapons, the playmakers. Do playmakers make average quarterbacks look great? Do great quarterbacks make average playmakers look good? How, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And the answer is both are important. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the discussion, I, as I was watching college football this weekend and specifically watching Utah State, um, Jordan Love, I don't think there's much debate that he is a really, really good quarterback. Yeah, he some threw people, some picks, but he's, he's terrific. Well, if you watch that game, he made some amazing passes, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I mean, there was some throws that, that he made that average quarterbacks just don't make. Right. And he, he did. He made a couple of mistakes, which was a little bit surprising with the three interceptions. But new offense, and you know, we'll see how it goes for Jordan Love. But there's no doubt, if you watch that game, that he made some throws. That just make you go, yep, that's why this guy is well, so good. To answer the question from a different angle, I would say if I'm a star receiver in high school and, I, and I'm and i considering various programs to go to and I see that there's a star quarterback in one of those programs, especially a young one, I'm, I'm going there. You're thinking about it. I am going there because who wants to go to a program – if you're a wide receiver, if you don't think you're going to see the ball. So in his three years at Utah, C.O.C. Mariner, also known as C.O.C. Wilson in his first two years, of course, with the team. And I only bring that up because sportsreference.com has him listed as two different players, which kind of made me laugh. But uh, in his three years at Utah, Gordon, he had 52 career receptions and four to- uh, total touchdowns. For Utah State, in game number one, eight receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. That is a monster game. I would imagine that he's having more fun playing at Utah State than he ever did at Utah. And, I mean, Utah's got a great football program. We're we're sort of singling out a position where you might not get the opportunity to shine that much and suddenly Jordan Love is throwing you the ball and you're going for over 100 yards and scoring touchdowns and whatnot. I mean yeah if I'm a if I'm a receiver that's what I want to do but hasn't Utah was was his issue at Utah that he was crowded out by a bunch of talent because Utah has been desperate for a receiver to have a game like that 
And Darren Carrington had a couple of nice games a few years ago. Britton Covey's had a couple of nice games, but I would argue Britton Covey's a different type of receiver than what we're talking about, being that slot guy. He's you not just, really you just get the ball to him and let him do it. He's thing. not really wide receiver number one. You know what I'm saying? Utah has been desperate for a receiver like that, somebody to emerge. And Siosi was a candidate for that for three years. You remember back when he mm-hmm. was a freshman and you caught a look at him. He said, okay, here's a guy with some potential. And it just never, you know, it never really came to that. And Utah went through a couple of quarterbacks during his career, and you could argue how good those quarterbacks are. But he goes up to Utah State with a quarterback who's really, really good, and he balls out in game number one. And there's a lot of season left to be played, and maybe he doesn't catch another ball for the rest of the year. But what we saw against Wake Forest, they like him up there a lot. And Jordan Love likes him. And and he really, really had a nice game. Caleb Rep did too. But Siosi uh, it is interesting because he didn't go through all those position changes at Utah. So, he was a wide receiver the whole so time. So there's a laundry list of questions here. The first one is, is it because he didn't get an opportunity there? I would the say one no. Is, is it because his quarterback wasn't looking for him as much as he should, or the coaching? The coaches weren't suggesting his opportunity uh, in in the to the quarterbacks among the receivers. Uh, what was it? And then the final question would be: If you're Siosi, would you rather play? At a program that the uh, you know the team might not be as good, but and it may not play at the same level, but you're going to get an opportunity to catch the ball and be really productive. I mean, yeah, what is it? Where would you rather play, Utah or Utah State? You want to play in front of a forty-six thousand seat stadium uh, on a team that might be one of the best teams in the entire land? Or and you, and you catch two balls a game, or you want to go up to Utah State and catch eight, nine, ten balls, have over a hundred yards receiving and score touchdowns. All right, so this is a really complicated thing you lay out there, and I'm going to simplify it to to one factor. But let me start by saying that's an extraordinarily complicated question that is individual to everybody going through yeah. it because there's so many other things at play, right? You know, where do you feel most comfortable? School? How do you feel about the coaches? Your teammates? But chances I mean, are you're, you're going to like the coaches if they give you opportunity, aren't you? Right. So, but that's kind of my preface. There's a lot that would go into something like this. But if it were me and I were a wide receiver and I thought that I, I had the capability to do some really great things. I would think, okay, I play a I play a position that totally relies on another position mm-hmm. for my success. You know, I can do everything right, but if this other player doesn't do it right as well, I'm not going to succeed. So I would base a lot of my decision on who that other player is that I would be relying upon if I were a wide receiver. Other positions are a little bit different, but if I were a wide receiver and I had to pick between a really, really good quarterback and an average quarterback, that would play really heavily into my decision because your success is based on his success. And if he's not capable of succeeding or or, or certainly at the level of being great, I'm going with the great player. Before you get to that, don't you have to read the mind of the coach and what his philosophy is? Because the quarterback is going to follow in, fall in line with the coach. Yeah, but didn't Troy Taylor tell us for a year or two years, I guess, that he was going to throw the ball all over the field? And how'd that go? Yeah. And he still had 52 receptions over three years. But there was still Kyle, who is the overlord of the whole thing, 
uh, you know, having an influence on what's going on offensively. Darren Carrington still had a nice year in his one year at Utah. That's why all the receivers want to kiss up to the quarterback and say, hey, look my way. Yeah, and I would want want a quarterback that was looking a lot of different ways, and that's part of Tyler Huntley's problem, in my opinion, is that he gets focused on one receiver, and if that's not there, he's running. And that sounds like a negative thing, and I kind of mean it a little bit negative, but it's also his game, right? I mean, there's a reason he's playing at the Pac-12 level, and he's a he's a D1 quarterback because that that running has served him so well. So That's, you know, yeah. But if I'm a receiver, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm not this dude's best friend, is he still going to look my way? Mm-hmm. I I'd want to know that if he if he goes through his check, is he mm-hmm. going to check through three different receivers, mm-hmm. or is he going to focus on his BFF and then run? That would be an issue for me. I hear you. It, yeah, and I think all true. I think Coc, uh, at least game number one, is benefiting from a quarterback that's going to drop back, hang in the pocket, go through his reads, and going to allow him, uh, Coc, him, to go out there and make a play. On top of just that, though, uh, I, I'm telling you that if your quarterback is being told by coaches, do not turn the ball over, do not take risks, uh, and those two things are tied so you think Jordan Love is going to worry about throwing he doesn't want to throw interceptions for sure but he's going to lay the ball out there don't you think Tyler it, Huntley's not going to lay the ball out there he's not going to take chances that's going to put him in in in, in the doghouse with Kyle Whittingham okay so let me ask you this and, and I don't so know. that hurts the receiver. Well, and I don't know the answer to this question necessarily but is the difference between Tyler Huntley and Jordan Love simply the coach no. No. It's Jordan Love is a better quarterback. I mean, that So do okay, fair to say. let me put it this way. Okay, if Jordan Love were on Utah, do you think his game would be significantly diminished because of the coach? Let's all stop and ponder that for a moment, shall we? See, I think coach His w- performance would be limited, but his opportunity would be more limited, uh, but he might be able to shine because obviously there have been some great quarterbacks who have played with uh, with uh, a run-heavy offense. Including Alex Smith, including Andrew Luck, and all sorts of examples. that and then, uh, Help remind me, when, when Troy Aikman was playing the way he was for the Cowboys, he had Emmitt Smith behind him, right? Uh-huh. And they were giving the ball to Emmitt a lot. And that offensive line was terrific. And so... But Troy was, if memory serves, rather efficient with his throws. So a, a quarterback can can be highlighted even if he isn't throwing the ball 40 times a game. I think so, too. But for a receiver who is dependent on all this, I want to if, – if I'm a wide receiver, I want to go play at Washington State. I do. You know, and I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be there. But I know who the head coach is. I know what he wants to do with the ball. I know what his offensive philosophy is. Uh, as as I think very highly of Utah, I, of the school, and of the coaching staff, and where that program is right now. But if I'm a star wide receiver, I'm not sure that's my first choice. But I think I'd think about the quarterback even more than the, the coach. Well, maybe that's not true. But I'm telling you, if, if I saw Jordan Love play as a freshman 
and I were a receiver and they were recruiting me, I'd think real hard about that because he looked really good as a freshman. And maybe you, you didn't see coming what he is now, but you knew that he was going to be a player. Mm-hmm. I'd be thinking, okay, I need to hitch my wagon to this dude. I so, think it's all connected. It, it's all – there are – all of it is worth considering. Well, and then the other thing, and we can continue this conversation on throughout the show. I know we're a little bit a little bit over. But Jordan Love received really good coaching while he was being groomed. Yes, he did. From from Matt Wells and particularly Coach Yost. Mm-hmm. He got really, really good coaching. He got, the, he got the instruction that he needed to to really develop as a player. And Utah's really, really good at that at most every position. But I'm not so sure Tyler Huntley got a lot better under the tutelage of Troy Taylor. That's an interesting thought. And we have yet to see the completion of his senior season. And there's the And the, that might be the best of the bunch, you know. So yeah. he, he might shine. But he's not going to get the opportunity to throw the ball that Jordan Love gets, which means that the receivers aren't going to get the same See, I disagree. He did get the, the opportunity to throw the ball as much as Jordan Love did. The first part of last year when that offense was a disaster. Remember, they wouldn't, How many they times wouldn't was hand he the ball the off. Ball a game? Well, I'll go back and look. Yeah, I, I, I'm but not they, sure. But they weren't running the ball. I mean, NIU, that game last year, is the perfect example. They they were trying to square peg round hole. They threw the ball a ton. <laughs> they were trying to be Eastern Washington. And it, it wasn't necessarily working. And then, see, the, the standout for Tyler Huntley is that month last year of October where he's absolutely terrific, but the offense decided that they were going to run the ball more, and that is what opened up things for him. So if if they had if Utah had done last year what they were trying to do early on, but they had Jordan Love at quarterback – would uh, would guys like Mariner be piling up big numbers? That's a great question. All right, we'll we'll stick with this throughout the day because I I do think it's an and, interesting topic of conversation. And remember, Jordan Love got one Division One offer coming out of high school. One. Them's your Aggies. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Uh, stay tuned. We want to remind you, of course, of our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Uh, begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. Diamond Airport Parking. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Val Hale, former BYU AD, joining us. I think independence in football has somewhat hurt the program. I think it's hurt it in a number of respects. I think it's hurt it from a recruiting standpoint. I think it's hurt it from an attendance standpoint. For me, the canary in the coal mine was Britton Covey. This is a kid who was born and bred to go to BYU. And when he went to Utah, I was really worried because I said, this is going to open the spigot. With his success at Utah, other Mormon kids are saying, hey, you know what? I can do that too. And it just makes it harder for BYU to recruit. I think those are some of the challenges that BYU's facing right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. Guess who's back? You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1280 The Zone. It is a total request Tuesday. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. It's a total request Tuesday. So if you have uh, any requests, tweet them at Austin Horton. Uh, But basically the theme is how you feel about your college football team after week number one. And this goes out to Nate. Nate. The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby. Who's a BYU BYU fan? fan, Just the way it is. Well, that's depressing. It's kind of a downer. (laughs) It is just kind of the way it is. Gordon, uh, I want to get into your column. You talked about Zach Moss today. But real quick before we do that, your guy and mine, Frank Bernard, named Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. Okay, first question is, when did we start calling him Frank? I like it. I I just kind of (laughs) adapted it, really. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it works. Not sure he or his parents care for it, but... Uh, you know, because Zach Moss... Oh, so first... Gordon can call Tabo Cephalosha Sneaky Cheese, <laughs> and I can't call Francis Bernard Frank. You can do what you want. Zach Moss's first name is Zacchaeus. Is I like know? that. That's actually really strong. That is cool. Zacchaeus, really? Yeah. Well, how do you pronounce it? Z-A-C-C-H-E-U-S. Zacchaeus, maybe? I think I think it's Zacchaeus? a Bible name. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Zacchaeus. That is a strong handle. Moss. Uh, but anyway, Francis Bernard, uh, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. Frankie. Of course, that uh, pick six certainly helped, but he had uh, four tackles and one and a half tackles for loss. And just to you know, point out when I was right, because I like to do that, I, I, told, <laughs> you you that, that. I told you the player we'd be you talking did. about coming out of week number one would be Francis Bernard. You did. So you know, just, <clears throat> just that's saying. all. That's all. We just need we can we can say that and move you know, on. That's fine. What you just did there, Jake, is what guys around the water cooler do at work all the time when they're right. You know, pointed out. Yep, <laughs> got that one. Nailed it. I'm smarter than you. Uh, so you know, I couldn't help myself. But yeah. uh, that's that's a big deal for for him. And I that was a position that we all looked at in the preseason and said, okay, there's a couple of question marks there, and he looks like he's going to fit in no problem and and be a ball uh, be a baller right there. So good for him. All right, let's talk about your column today, Gordon. You talked about Zacchaeus Moss. I did. He is now third. On Utah's all-time rushing list, he trails Tony Lindsay by 158, or actually 157 yards, 158 to move ahead mm-hmm. of Tony, and then 382 to pass Eddie Johnson at the top spot. He's already outdone Devontae Booker, Chris Matu Maafala. Del Rogers, Juan Johnson, John White, and all the other greats that have run at Utah. So he's good. He is good. And that's what my column is about. And that's about as nice as I can get about a player, you know. Uh, but I think I'm telling the truth. This guy is excellent. And he's one of the best running backs in the country. And you know this because you're encouraging. Andy Ludwig to hang his entire offense on this one guy. And that's what he's going to do. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. That's what he should do. It's his best player. And he is special. I mean, it, just to just to put it in perspective, I, I like it in your column that you rattled off all those Utah great running backs because being the all-time leading rusher at Utah is a big, big deal. 
They've recruited a lot of great running backs over the years. Now, it helps that, that Zach's played significant minutes or right. was snaps right. since he was a freshman. Indeed. But there's no doubt that he is a is a great, great player. And Think you, about it. Last year he had over 1,000 yards. He missed five games. And they practically ignored him for the first three games of the year. <laughs> and he's still got over 1,000. Pretty amazing. And he's, he's a back that can do it all. He could get 2,000 yards if they gave him the ball. He could. Well, he's off to he's on that pace. 187 against BYU. I love the quote from uh, Kyle Whittingham yesterday. He said he had a, he had a chance to do things no backs have ever done here before. Uh, that's high praise because they have had some terrific backs, some backs who have gone on and played very well in the NFL. I expect Zach Moss to do likewise. Well, part of the reason that I've, I've come around the last several years uh, to Utah needing to be extremely run heavy, maybe ditch the spread, <laughs> go to a pro style, that sort of thing, is because we we spent the whole last segment talking about just how good is Tyler Huntley. He's not the, the type of player you look at and go, oh, he's great. You go, well, is he good? How good is he? Whereas at Utah, when was the last time they did not have a stud tailback? And, and we're talking studs. I mean, names that you, you uh, didn't even include on there, Gordon, not because it's a slight to them, but just because there's so many of them. I mean, you didn't even talk about Darrell Mack mm-hmm. or, uh, or Matt Asiata or Eddie Wide, mm-hmm. who had a couple of years of just terrific production Damian Hunter. at that position. Damian Hunter, uh, the San Bernardino guy right yeah. now, <laughs> not <laughs> Damian Hunter. How uh, are you? Where are you? How are you hanging on? Where are you? And he played a little bit uh, of a different position when he was at Utah, but I didn't see you mention Jamal Anderson. I mean, the Mike Anderson or Mike Anderson. Yeah. My goodness, right? I mean, these these players are are freaking studs, yeah. and they've come to Utah for a really long time. You can recruit these guys. You can get them into school at Utah. Uh, you know, with Devontae Booker, that's why they landed him. He couldn't get into school other places. They can get him into school. And so maybe Utah is going to have trouble recruiting receivers and quarterbacks. Maybe that's going to be a little hit or miss. But they're going to always have studs at running back. Maybe not to Zach Moss's caliber because, as you pointed out in the column, he's, he's special. But when was the last time they didn't have a guy that you go, man, that's a dude? Yeah. Seems like they always have had someone to step up. And Zach Moss is right in that maybe the best of the bunch. I remember the first time I saw Zach Moss without his jersey on. It was on a hot practice during fall. I mean, during uh, preseason uh, practices. That guy, as Kyle Whittingham mentioned yesterday, is put together like a rock. He is rocked up big time. And so when you saw BYU defenders hit him behind the line of scrimmage, and he just kind of kept going, (laughs) it's no big surprise. Well, and I think it's also important where he's from, that he's from Florida. Because yeah. if I were if I were a running back, regardless of how heavy heavily I was recruited nationwide, if I were a quarterback from anywhere in this country, I'd consider going to Utah. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. They had a flip of what we were talking about before about quarterbacks. I mean, if I'm a running back, I'm I might be calling Kyle Whittingham up, yeah, and say, hey, let me in. 
I mean, because we talked about playing for for coach, playing for a coach, and you know, highlighting the style. And and would you go to Utah as a receiver based on who the coach is? Well, you know, Kyle's been trying to get away from the run game for a decade now, and just can't help himself but go back to it. <laughs> He's like a boomerang. So if I were a running back, I'd be like, okay, I know you're going to dink around with this Eastern Washington crap for a couple of games, <laughs> but I know when push comes to shove, where your heart's at. Does a and I would consider does a, that. Does a boomerang really work? Yeah, you never I mean, thrown a boomerang? D- did it fly right back to you where you could catch it? I mean, if you threw it right, I suppose, yeah. Is that true? I've never done it with like an actual authentic outback wooden bo- boomerang, but the Nerf boomerang, it would come back to me every time. It comes right, comes back, right back, back to you? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's Kyle Whittingham. He's okay. a Nerf boomerang? <laughs> what kind of childhood did you have? You never threw a boomerang? I threw a boomerang, but I can't remember. What did you hunt the ruse with? You, you <laughs> played ice hockey at a semi-professional level, but you never threw a boomerang? <laughs> I threw a boomerang, but apparently I wasn't throwing it right. Because oh, okay. it never came right back to my feet. Want to remind you about when they, they use it for hunting? You know, and it had a sharp edge to it, and it was like cutting off heads of animals and stuff. Yeah. Wow, that just got graphic. Thanks for that. Well, I mean, when you're hunting, you're hunting. Well, and, you know, but how do you catch it if it's got a sharp blade on it? Tomorrow is Win Ticket Wednesday. Listen for your chance to win tickets to go see Kiss. Uh, Get ready to rock when Kiss brings their end of the road (laughs) tour with guests Royal Bliss to USANA Amphitheater on Saturday, September 14th. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Everybody duck! It's coming back! More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. If you have a campfire, put it out. A campfire is not fully properly out until you can put your hand down in the coals. Mm-hmm. Please be more responsible. Who are you tailgating? They'll actually have the bins for coal. I accidentally one time at a San Francisco Giants game where put the coals and I put them in that bin. Had styrofoam over my shoulder in a conversation, threw them in there. Into the hot bin? You're no. the problem. Now everything turned out okay. And now burn down San Francisco all no, you want. No, but no, leave no. my mountains alone. Black smoke is just billowing. I was like, that, that was my bad. You napalmed the San Francisco Giants <laughs> tailgate. Lot C. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Town! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Just play football, and then I mean, wherever we do at the end of the year, um, wherever we're sitting at, and wherever I'm sitting at, then I'll sit back and I'll relish one. But as we go through this, the weeks, uh, it's not on my mind right now. Zach Moss right there as we continue to talk a little college football on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll talk a lot of football throughout the 4 o'clock hour as well. J.B. Long is going to join us. Uh, He does play-by-play for the Pac-12 Network. He also does uh, play-by-play work for the Rams. So we'll talk football coming at the top of 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Real quick side note, Gordon, uh, I wanted to bring up with you. Uh, Chad Brown uh, was on the call for the um, Washington State, New Mexico State game 
over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that game you caught on the Pac-12 network, but uh, did you notice the mistake good old Chad made over and over again? What did he say? Kept calling uh, Washington State the Huskies. <laughs> no, 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 no. I Okay, I, I actually am pretty patient, and we could actually talk to Bowler about this. These guys call a bunch of different teams. They call different games, and they, they have a limited amount of time that they, they have to prepare for each of these games. Um, in fact, Chad's doing the Utah game coming up this week. Is that right, Austin? So, it, it, you know, I, I, I remember Kirk Herbstreet in 04 when he came in to call one of Utah's games. Uh, the year he said he, his pregame breakdown had Brandon Warfield still on the team. And he had been on the team. So I, I, I do have some sympathy because it's a lot to ingest to prepare for these games, and you're seeing a lot of different teams. But there are certain mistakes you don't make. You absolutely cannot no, make. Obviously. And you cannot call them the Washington State Huskies. You cannot <laughs> do that. You can miss a name here or there or misremember something from last year or, or whatever. I'm going to have sympathy for you. But you can't, 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 can't. Call the Cougs the Huskies. That, but you hear that mistake sometimes that people forget. They, they'll, for instance, they'll call Washington State Washington, right? And then the Huskies naturally follows. No, no, it's not. Utah State is not Utah. See, Washington I, State is not Washington. I think it's more forgivable if they're calling a Ducks game and they keep saying, or uh, calling a, a Beavers game and keep saying Oregon, and and leaving off the state because that just feels like you're just zipping through and it's a brain fart or whatever but to call the mascot the rival mascot that seems way worse to me i well i don't think either one of them is acceptable yeah fair enough the youths of byu yeah we all make mistakes but come on you gotta know the difference between a cougar and a husky right no I couldn't agree more. That's the thing. I'll, I'll give you some latitude on some stuff, especially with our local teams here. If some of these national broadcasters struggle with the Polynesian names, I get it. Yeah. I, I, I get uh-huh. it. They're tough, and I'm sure you've got um, a, a pronunciation guide right in front of you, but I screw those up all the time, and I certainly have sympathy for somebody coming in and trying to learn all those names in a week. That's got to be really difficult. But you can't call them the Huskies. You right. cannot do that. The Absolutely Cougar's not. not a dog. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's a cat, I believe, that does not roar, we discovered yeah, last we week. Yeah, we did discover that. They kind of growl. They don't roar. They're not a, a roaring cat. So the rock down at BYU should be the gawk. The growl of the cougar? Yeah. <sighs> well, that's uh, that's unfortunate that he did that. I mean, I'm sure that the, the Washington State fans did not appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Bit. No, not one bit. By right. the way, we are getting some responses from some of the questions that you've asked during the show about, uh, you know, uh, for, let me just read this one real quick as an example. Uh, Aaron, one of our, our regulars who communicates with us, he said, if I were a top-level quarterback or receiver, I would absolutely never even consider playing for Kyle Whittingham, and I'm saying that as a diehard Utah fan. Yeah, I think he's, he's right. kind of got a point. He does. Because we were talking about Mariner going to Utah State and being so productive there when he's got Jordan Love throwing him the ball and he's got a coach who is allowing that to happen. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Just like if I'm a running back, I'm calling up Kyle Whittingham and saying, hey, make room for me. I want to come play. Indeed. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to J.B. Long, play-by-play for the Pac-12 Network. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. I... We've done shows for a long time. You've never, ever mentioned that ever. I know. Paleontology? What? Maybe if you showed more I interest was... in the things I'm interested in. Was it just in? because of Laura Dern in Jurassic Park? Because you say that, then I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, Sam Neill was never right for her. Now, Dr. Hans. Dr. Hans. <laughs> Girl, nature always finds a way. I don't know how you guys take my dreams and just crumple them up like a piece of paper and throw it right back in my face. Oh, man. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.